bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in coronavirus politics like we're talking about reality TV. Happy Thanksgiving, meow meow. Happy Thanksgiving to you. I know that this week our big gratitude celebration is going to be dominated by Jojo and Kiki, (laughs) but I wanted to take this time to just say how fucking grateful I am that Don Jr. caught the COVID. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus, Lord Adonai, Amen, Shema. Dear Josh. Oh, Josh. Thank you for all of our blessings this year. <laughs> they've been one, they've been afar, but <laughs> they have been afar. none w- were as good or as strong or as potent mm-hmm. or as happy making yes. as the biggest douche on the planet <laughs> catching the cove. Even if he just has a hard time getting all the drugs in his face because of the COVID, <laughs> then it's going to be a hard Thanksgiving for fucking right. Don Jr. He's You're got right. his 19 kids and his ex-wife yeah. and Aubrey O'Day and all of the above. So Kimberly Guilfoyle sitting there fucking <laughs> sitting on about, his face. sitting on his face, <laughs> showing him dick pics, yeah. showing him pee pics, puss pics, puss, puss yeah, pics. And she already had it. And she, she had it. She's yep. not going to be able to fucking gargle his jizz this week so (laughs) (laughs) so man man we got some Mm. picture postcards with the drug den bulletin board okay really really sweet ones it's just like our 14 listeners okay (laughs) it's from the baxter family i thought last week that maggie hill was the only listener Mm -hmm. in alaska apparently the baxter family is from anchorage Ooh, I wonder if they know each other. And Christine Baxter mm-hmm. sent a postcard saying, Happy 2021. <laughs> and then now that's good. Didn't even write the children's name. That's There's good. Some wonderful, gorgeous Alaskan children who, mm. who need to get in my belly quickly. <laughs> and all she wrote was, Too soon? I don't think so. Thanks for the laugh. Fuck you, Christine. You're That's amazing. Great. That is fucking great. How Look at you- them in the wilderness like that, like all fresh and healthy. Yeah, she looks like she's eating raisins and like blowing bubbles. I mean, right? literally. She's so cute. Yeah, she's got a, I've got a jar of nightingales, mama. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the polar bears have come to say hello. <laughs> I will call you now Christine Baxter Bernie. Oh, Chris- okay. Oh, my God. So That's good. It. Well, so. you know what? Too soon? No, it isn't. No. Okay, then we got this little hottie, Carlos. Girl! Losi Los from Mexico, Mamau. Read his note. Very cute, very sensual. And on the front it says, girl, power. 
Mucho amor from Mexico. That means much love from Mexico. I know Spanish. <laughs> oh, I'm long time listener. 2005 huzzah for Lesbos with Johnny. And are you going to rate me in Maine? I feel like just we just told that story on the Patreon. Yep. I feel like we've been through so much together. You got me through international moves, a marriage slash divorce, the death of my family and so much more. Ugh. Every week I look for the podcast to check in and just feel like we can still make it. I love you and will always take your notes, babes. XOXO Carlos. He'll always take our notes. I just told the story of hitchhiking when I got thrown off a cruise ship for drugs (laughs) and I hitchhiked and the guy pulled over and I said, are you going to rape me? And he said, no. And I said, because your car kind of looks like you are. (laughs) Now he is giving us a lovely headshot. Beautiful. You know, which we love. Very adorable. Sweet, sweet eyes. Now, here are a couple of bitches that oh, are they're in the crew. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lisa Maxwell and Katie Mers. We love them. They made us a drinking game. We've met them in person. <laughs> Unfortunately, when we saw them at the live show in Seattle, when we met them in person, we weren't drinking. Right. Normally, when we see, you know, Fram's families yeah. at the live shows, mm-hmm. my girl wants to party all the time, party all the time, party <laughs> all the time. We didn't party that night. We stayed sober. Right. We were perfectly, we were ladies with manners. Yeah. We were were normal. Normal. We greeted people. We said hello with clear eyes. Yeah, clear eyes. Yeah. Every other live show has been, wow, have we been fucked up. (laughs) Wow. Whoa. Except that one. And you're welcome. (laughs) Okay. So Lisa, Katie, it will happen. But we do look upon that night as a, I'm proud of that night. It was like the one yeah. time we, I, I should say, kept it together. I'm proud of us too. Yeah. So we didn't party with you, but we remember you. We remember <laughs> you and we will. There will be a time where we will, I'm quite sure. And the ladies say, hey, Brandy and Julie, Lisa and Katie here, fellow codependent best friends, creators of the DGP drinking game. This letter and picture are a long time coming. We've been full on obsessed since Katie introduced Lisa to People's Couch and you all were our favorites. We also love the Zeno family, Peanut especially. Love. We do too. Love. But it was Lisa that discovered the Regular Weed podcast, OG14, from the beginning and she encouraged Katie to listen to the Judge Julie Mike Pence episode and she was full on sold. And soon after we got on that Patreon train, best $8 a month we spend. Our drunk and high asses met Julie before a stand-up show in China Zon, a.k.a. Seattle, a few years ago. We weren't fully able to convey how paramount your podcast is to our sanity. So thanks, gals, for always keeping us informed. Our rage stoked and a ray of light in our gloomy weeks. We traipsed back to China Zon only because of your live podcast where we fangirled out. And when we met you, we forgot to thank you for being our own personal tastemakers and the only two that can understand our adult female codependency. I think they told us. I remember them telling us yeah. because they said that they forgot that they remembered that they told us or they forgot that they forgot that they told us. Right. And they enjoy us so much because they understand our female weird ass friendship. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? The reason we remember is because we were dead sober. <laughs> right. The fact that you've given us recommendations for our trips to L.A. and Palm Springs had us on the wings of Dove. But most importantly, given us the hope to continue living week to week the impact you have made on our lives in the past four years and the community you have created is seriously undeniable our other friends put up with us repeating lines the adopted vernacular and constant buggery we can only imagine the toll and time it takes to put out content for this very specific community but we shudder to think of a time when we don't have the two of you in our ear holes. Please keep it up. We would listen to you talk about paint drying and would subscribe to that too. 
Please give our love to the papas and dumpering and never forget the impact you have on the 14. Love and rage, Lisa and Katie. P.S. We are so excited to support our Don't Need Your Notes Babe shirts. Lace purchase for Katie's birthday. God damn. I hope I mailed those shirts out. I got a couple I Don't Need Your Notes Babe shirts that need to be mailed out. Super sorry for anyone who has one sitting there that hasn't been mailed. Anyone else wants to buy a shirt? We have them for sale on our website, julianbrandy.com. Dumpring. Yep, Dumpring and the Papas. <laughs> That's so sweet that they know. Dumpring, you bother me. Dumpring. He does bother yeah. me. <laughs> so go to our website, julianbrandy.com. We have a shirt that says drugs. We have um, our Dumb Gay Politics concert tee. And we have one that says, no one knows I'm gay. And I don't need your notes, babe. Right. Those are available. You can get them as Christmas gifts. I'll probably mail them out late, but I will get them to you by Christmas. And they're fully, fully sanitized with no COVID on it. Unless you want that. And we'll rub it in the dirt. They do have cat hair on them. Mm-hmm. Will be poorly folded and are very <laughs> scratchy and cheaply made. But and that's I've, the reason they're cheap. And I've probably worn it once. <laughs> <laughs> it's very possible. And if you want to be like these guys and be part of our Patreon family, then please join us at patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics. Now, the great thing about Patreon is that you don't you can subscribe at any level you want. You don't need to do $8 a month like these girls. These girls also, by the way, don't stop doing $8 a month. And also they share their Patreon subscription Right. Which we encourage everybody Absolutely. to do. Join and share with your friends. We love that. We don't yeah, care. No. We know how it works. We're basically, what we have for you is a dollar an episode. You have a dollar for in one hour and then another dollar for a bonus. So you could potentially just do $2 a week and get two extra hours of po- Okay. So with this one, this regular weed is free. Exactly. So it's really the best deal you're going to get. Now, we don't do any politics at all. We there's just no do, ads. There's no ads. There's no politics. It's just us talking direct for an hour. Stories, songs, poems, poetry, poets, sonnets. And you know what? We're getting down to the end of anything we have to give. We are shells of ourselves. <laughs> and you know what? Lisa and Katie, you will be hearing the next Patreon will be about paint drying. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so it's the fucking holidays. I've been noticing that we don't want to stay on our diet, <laughs> do we? It was good for a little bit, and it was like going really good. Yeah. And then um, I'm telling you, it's the holidays. It's like hmm. fuck it. There's treats everywhere. Oh, There's the yeah. the desire to make the treats. Oh. You know how we love wild bars. Love. My plan is to. Try and do the intermittent fasting. Yes. Like not have any treats. Fuck breakfast. We don't even fuck with that anyway. But not have like some kind of like amazing lunch. (laughs) Like just push it through. Have a wild bar around two. Yes. And this is after having however many 19,000 cups of coffee anyone's (laughs) going to have. And Uh then early dinner. And I don't care if it's Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner, Hanukkah dinner. Mm -hmm. I don't care what dinner it is, mm-hmm. having that shit at like five. Yeah, because it really is. It has truly worked for me to not eat at night. Well, the only thing that can ever get anyone through till dinner is the wild bar. It's 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 a fact. Isn't it's it, a Mem-Mem? miracle. It should be called yeah. the miracle wild bar. We know Sharon Houston, our friend, <laughs> mm-hmm. freaking ordered them. Yep. Sharon's going to do this shit with us through the holidays. <laughs> the guy, the dude, I don't know, whoever made these, it's like his whole thing is that he wanted to make a bar that had less than 10 ingredients mm. and more than 10 grams of protein. Ugh. And he wanted you to be able to see like, oh, look, 
there's a nut and you can you go those are the seeds there's the whatever the sweet thing the blueberry the yeah. pineapple the strawberry the whatever on those are detoxifying you it's so good i love them i love them i love them and it does help and they are filling and it is nutty seedy fruity delicious you chew it you're you get Ugh. tired chewing you get the feeling that you ate you're full that's that you and ate that's something my, real and that's my favorite thing yeah i need to have something where i'm chewing it like I despise those fucking chocolate protein bars. They're all powdery and weird. And it's like, yes. what is this? Yeah, it's got that weird flavor. Yeah. And it's like all like a nougat. But it's like a weird nougat. But this is delicious. It's so good. I got it, like I said, at like some kind of fucking CrossFit gym. <laughs> I mean, it's as if somebody who cares about you made this in their oven. Yes, that's exact. You're exactly right. It's like your mom. Yeah. made you snacks for the week for you to be able right. to, to have like or it's almost like a meal it can be a meal replacement too that's what's so that's great what about we're that. doing exactly so for if it, you are trying to diet or lose weight or tone up or whatever it is these bars are phenomenal they really truly 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 are and it makes you feel like like you're doing it too it, you know what I mean? Oh, like, like you're doing life. You know what? I'm doing me. I'm doing life. Yeah. Fuck you, Jack in the Box. Don't yep. try and come in my eyes. Yep. I'm not having a Ziploc baggie filled with nuts. No. That is that is some 90s technology. <laughs> take your fucking bag of nuts. Even take your prepackaged Trader Joe's bag of cashews and whatever and almonds. No. This is all of it. It's all of it. All of it. You can have it after working out. You can have it before working out. That is the great thing. Sometimes I'm, before I work out, I'm like, I want to eat, but I shouldn't. And if I do, then I won't work out. But if you eat a wild bar, you can eat it and then work out. Yeah, I've eat half, save the other half. So you can be like, I can get a treat right when I'm done. All I have to do is do this and I can get the other half of my bar. So if you want to go on a wild bar journey and you have to, go to wildbar.co. That's wildbar.co. And enter promo code DUMBGAY15 at checkout and you're going to get 15% off your entire order. You have got to do it. Once again, that's wildbar.co.co. Enter promo code DUMBGAY15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order. All right, now it's time to officially start the show with the segment that's going to lead it for the next four years, JoJo and Kiki. Lock the doors, lower the blinds, fire up the smoke machine, and put on your heels. Because I know exactly what we need. JoJo and Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Lock the doors. Hey. JoJo and Kiki. Motherfucker. I'm going to let you have it. JoJo and Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Die, turn, work. JoJo and Kiki. We are going to serve. And work. And turn. And hunt, hunt, honey. JoJo and Kiki. It's never going to get old, okay? <laughs> and even if it does, it's not going to be anytime soon. So get used to it, motherfuckers! Get used to it. Get more than used to it. Lean in and love it, because God knows we do. Oh we are gosh. obsessed. Obsessed. I'll listen to it on its own, like yeah. it's its own song. Now, this week, we are one step closer to JoJo and Kiki becoming a reality, because yesterday, the GSA, which is the part of the government in charge of facilitating the transition, finally contacted the Biden campaign and said they are ready to begin. What? I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention. Can you repeat that? Are you saying that Trump is finally allowing the transition? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, not... Well, <laughs> mm, sort of. Sort of in his way. 
He's allowing the transition while still suing all the states <laughs> and pretending his future isn't a Russian fairy tale. I think the lady who heads the General Service Ad Administration, the GSA, got scared that she's going to get into legal trouble for obstructing justice or the will of the people or democracy or just plain obstruction of taxpayer money that is due Biden and his transition team for the selection of his upcoming cabinet. So she thought she's about to get fucking sued or fired or both or whatever. So she's like, um, let me go ahead and do let this. Let me do my fucking job. Plus, she's got death threats. She, oh, okay. she literally... Good, I'm glad Democrats finally stepped up and started threatening bitches. Yeah, the only person that Democrats fucking threatening <laughs> is this lady... <laughs> That's okay, fine. they're sending her death threats and she wrote in her thing where she because she wrote a full letter to Biden where she was like, hi, I'm really sorry it took this long. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like Trump didn't tell me to do this. Don't worry about it. Cool, cool, cool. Also, people are basically telling me they're going to kill my pets. So I'm going to go ahead and need I'm you glad. to. I'm glad. Democrats need to fucking yeah. take their tampons out and start fucking assassinating. Okay, you heard it here. You heard me. <laughs> the only people Democrats ever want to assassinate are other Democrats. That's true. And that's still happening every second of the day. He's already, by the way, Memeo, started naming the cabinet. Okay. Mm -hmm. Exciting. Now, we told everyone last week that he picked his chief of staff, which isn't in the cabinet. In the cabinet, he has to nominate these people. They have people, to be voted on. And then the Senate votes. Right. So what's the dude's name? Ron Klain? Ron Klain. Now, you're excited about Ron Klain. Yeah, I am excited about Ron Klain. <laughs> I wasn't at first. I saw him on TV. I was like, meh. But we were fine with it. Fine. I wasn't, right. I wasn't not. Yeah. I just was like, meh. He's fine. Yeah. Mm, but Ron. What happened with Ron? Ron. Klein. Ron Klein. The chief Ronk. of staff. Maybe it's just Ronk. 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 Hi, I'm looking for Ronk. <laughs> it's Ronk him. It's me. <laughs> but I'm thinking Ronk. Like, oh, Ronk. Yonk. Oh, Ronk, you junk. It's so <laughs> big. Junk. Oh, Ronk, you junk. <laughs> Ronk, bring junk in here. <laughs> Please, Ronk. Chief of Staff Ronk. Chief of Staff Ronk. You're welcome, a porn community. Please go ahead and use it. Now, he was on the committee that helped basically push Ruth Bader Ginsburg. He helped the Clinton. So he was in the Clinton administration then? Yep. Okay. And he was the, he was Gore's um, chief of staff. Wow. And um, the guy's like been like, you know, doing it for quite a long time. So he's very experienced. He's been, he also worked for Biden. And Biden was like, listen, bud, if I become president, you were my He's chief. like, it's on, Ron. And they're like, yeah. high-fived, and now here, yep. here we are. Yep. Well, Biden is so savagely ready to snatch the country back from Trump and his minions that he announced six of his cabinet positions yesterday, Monday, mm. which not for nothing is a full month before Trump <laughs> ever announced his first cabinet nomination back in 2016. And we know that because it was during our very first month of ever having this podcast. Weird. And even though it was four years ago this week, I remember it like it was yesterday. Oh my God. Can you believe that four year anniversary is in two weeks? Uh, no, it's fucking crazy. And wow. we will probably forget. But if we don't, we should celebrate on our December 1st episode. Let me make a mental <sighs> note. We're going to wait to ever have any gratitude or be thankful for it until Thursday. Agreed. But today we are celebrating Biden's cabinet picks, which he kicked off with his announcement that Tony Blinken is his nominee for secretary of state. So all the journalists are saying that the fact that he let off with his secretary of state pick is a direct message to the world that the reign of Trump and his remedial administration is over. over. Ding dong. The remedial administration <laughs> is over. 
The Secretary of State is the person who represents the United States on all foreign matters. They are our biggest and most important diplomat besides the president. With this guy, Tony Blinken, Biden is making it clear that he's a done with the clowns. Absolutely done. The message is clear, loud and clear, very early, set in stone. He led off strong. So Anthony Blinken was Obama's deputy secretary of state, which means what, man, man? Like The this, second. Okay. And since then has been one of Biden's closest foreign policy advisors. He's a big proponent of global alliances. And right off mm. the bat, he's expected to try and wrangle some of our old alliance friends who hate us now, probably, but that's fine. <laughs> Into a new and robust, I like to say robust now that we've interviewed Republicans. I Republic. love saying robust. Yeah. We can have a robust conversation. It's Let's have a robust <laughs> argument. It's all because of Rick Wilson. Like a fair and robust <laughs> trade agreement. <laughs> so he's expected mm. to wrangle our frenemies into a brand new and robust competition, Mamel, with China. Mm. Now that's not going to be easy, but I have to say the thought really excites me. Oh my God, me too. You know, I know we don't want people in these positions who represent lobbyists and have ties to special interests. And this guy has his fair share of conflicts of interest. But he's also got a shit ton of foreign policy experience. He started in the State Department under Bill Clinton, and he's got friends in high places all over the world. And after four years of Trump, we need friends real badly right now. Now, I'm not justifying any of his corporate baggage, and we will take his ass to task every time he steps out of turn. I'm just looking on the bright side for now. That's right. So there's that. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's funny what the news people said about Biden leading with the secretary of state being like a message. I feel like I think they're right because he also announced his nominees for national security advisor and the ambassador to the UN, mm -hmm. which are clearly both positions dealing with foreign relations under the umbrella right. of secretary of state. That's right. And Jake Sullivan, who is his nom for national security advisor, has been a close aide to Biden for a long time on national security. And he was Hillary Clinton's closest strategic advisor while she was secretary of state. So it's basically like between Jake Sullivan and Tony Blinken, we got two secretary of states in one. And with the mess Trump has gotten us into, every person in the State Department needs to be elite. And it looks like they're going to be. Also, by the way, Tony Blinken and Jake Sullivan are supposedly like good friends. Mm. So they're like Joe Biden's foreign policy brain trust. Cool. And it does feel elite. I'm going to keep saying this because I just don't need to fucking hear everyone's notes silently <laughs> saying them. They both got problematic ties to lobbying firms and special interest groups. There is going to be a time when we get into that. Mm -hmm. They're part of an old established Washington that in our view and experience breeds corruption no matter which side you're on. Mm -hmm. So we will be watching them both closely and like Julie said, calling out their shit when we have to. But it's Thanksgiving week and right now we want to be thankful. <laughs> God damn it. That's right. And we're thankful for the next nominee, who's the ambassador to the UN, who is a woman named Linda Thomas Greenfield. She is a 35-year veteran of foreign relations, and she has served as a diplomat all around the world. The good news is that Trump downgraded this position with Nikki Haley and her receding gums, but Biden is promoting his UN ambassador to a cabinet position, which will give Linda Thomas Greenfield, who is a black woman, by the way, a seat on his National Security Council. Oh, yeah. 
It's so awesome. I'm so excited. And even though I feel like we should be looking up and reporting why these people can't be trusted, <laughs> I don't want to. Not today. Maybe next week, like I said. Not today. Okay. So to round out the National Security Council, Biden has nominated Alejandro Mayorkas as Secretary of Homeland Security. Mm. And then Avril Haines, a woman, as Director of National Intelligence. Ugh. If confirmed, Avril Haines will be the first female Director of National Intelligence, which is the head of like 17 agencies, wow. including the CIA and the NSA. Work, bitch, work, <laughs> bitch, work, bitch. There's nothing like a lady to either keep a secret or talk behind someone's back. That's right. So, and that is all intelligence agencies do. That's they it. collect and talk behind people's backs. Spies and liars and shady queens. That's all it. Of them. So a woman should, should 100% be, be, be too scary. I mean, can She's you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> no. She won't be the only female that Biden nominates in a groundbreaking position. We thought we had it all with Kamala Harris, but with each woman who breaks the glass ceiling, we want more and more and more and more. I know. I really legitimately feel like every girl I hear, I'm just like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I just, I don't want it to stop. I'm like, go, go more ham. Go more ham yep. next week, Biden. Go more ham. I want to see like some crazy shit. He's going to The do thing some was, shit. is that with the Secretary of State, mm -hmm. Tony Blinken, a lot of people wanted Susan Rice, and Susan right. Rice would have provided the WAP, the WAP, yes, the WAP, yes, the WAP. We yes. would have damn near died. Yeah. But what I read is that mm -hmm. she had some problematic in terms of the Senate and like the Republicans. Yeah, there was like Benghazi and yeah, some shit with Syria crap, and whatever, all whatever, that whatever. Bullshit. Whatever, right. It's like the emails and the bullshit mm -hmm. and all the words, mm -hmm. words, words, mm -hmm. words, 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 mm -hmm. areas and places, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but. The thing is, if the Republicans are mm -hmm. in the majority in the Senate and they don't like Susan Rice because of what she did, then she won't get confirmed. Right. So he's tr he's making strategic moves. He thinks he sidestepped. There's not going to be a reason for them to vote no on Tony Blinkist. There just isn't. Right. And they're going to look like a bunch of fucking little dicks. Right. Hopefully we take the Senate anyway and it maybe all the points will be moot. But... For now, I think everybody wanted Susan Rice. Yeah. And he's anytime he's not doing a woman or a woman that you want, it's because he's trying to avoid right, the Republicans' shade. Yeah. Um, and also, let's remember, Kamala Harris is going to have a full cabinet as well. So we have that to look forward <sighs> to. So get your WAP. <sighs> put some pads in there for that. <laughs> I need a panty liner, <laughs> sir. Where's the waiter? I need a panty liner. A panty. Now, this is exciting. Biden did give us, if she's confirmed, the first female secretary of the Treasury, Janet Yellen. Bye, Steve Mnuchin. Ugh, bye. Goodbye. Mnuch. Like, he is... Garbage. I mean, it wouldn't even have to be a woman. We'd be happy at this point with anyone to replace anyone. that piece of shit. Anyone. But the fact that this lady, and please, everyone look up her picture. Like, mm -hmm, oh, mm -hmm, she's mm -hmm. giving you Dr. Ruth, and it's giving you the feels. Just balance the checkbook. Balance, and just, like mommy. I'm telling you, <laughs> mind my house. My mother kept the books, did the checkbooks, did all of it, Mine all too, of it, honey. all of it. And yours, a woman is just good at it for the most part. I am not. However, and that's because you're kind of manly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so like we said earlier, we're super, super excited and we're so pumped to hear the rest of his nominees. Now, we know that some of our favorites will be overlooked. Like Susan Rice. Well, right. But look at it this way. We get to learn about some new favorites that we don't even know we love yet. That's right, Memo. Mm -hmm. And speaking of, Biden announced last night that John Kerry oh. would be his special presidential envoy for climate. Wow. Okay, I have to say, yeah. I didn't love John Kerry when he ran against Bush. Mm -hmm. His face was long. He looked like Herman <laughs> Munster. And it bugged me that his wife was a ketchup heiress. 
But then he got 100 facelifts and 100 fillers <laughs> and a spray tan. And now I stand. And this is real. Like when he got his face done mm. and it kind of looked like a plastic puffy mannequin face. I was like, girl. So the thing was, I saw him with his face work. And mm. then I heard him on a podcast in June right after George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Richard Brooks, like right around right then. And it was just such a an upsetting, really, really fragile, vulnerable time. It was this podcast with thought leaders about how to heal the country after Trump. And I think I was just in such a fragile state. And John Kerry literally like fucking exploded my mind. Talk about a thought leader. The man is a goddamn j -j 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 genius. Okay. <laughs> Every person needs to hear this podcast. He talked about the climate crisis. And first of all, he it was the first time I heard anyone call it climate crisis. Mm -hmm. And it was just the way he talked about it. He was so smart. It made me feel I could really trust him that he knew what he was talking about. And he wasn't cynical. It was like, especially in that time in June, if you really put us there, that was a really, really like scary, mm -hmm. sad, stressful time. And it felt like America was like cracking apart, mm -hmm. you know? And he just sounded like he hadn't lost hope and that all of the innovation can be very easily and quickly done if dick fucks like Trump and his administration don't stand in the way. <laughs> right. His nomination, honestly, is top notch. Like, I'm so fucking impressed and proud of, of Joe Biden. I'm yeah. just like, fuck yeah, dude. I remember you texted me to listen to it, by the way. That podcast is called The Great Reset, Redesigning Social Contracts in Crisis. It was put out by the World Economic Forum. It featured experts who deal in all the different broken parts of our system, COVID-19, climate change, police brutality, race relations, economic injustice, etc. One of our all-time favorite guests was on that same podcast talking about criminal justice reform, Dr. Philip Atiba Goff. But yeah, John Kerry killed it so hard. We highly recommend it to everyone. We're so excited and we hope you guys are too. I just want to read this. Okay. In reference to... His n new nominees, Biden said, we have no time to lose when it comes to our national security and foreign policy. I need a team ready on day one to help me reclaim my time and America's <laughs> seat at the head of the table, rally the world to meet the biggest challenges we face and advance our security, prosperity and values. This is the crux of that team. Okay, now it's time for a new upgrade of an old favorite. Republicans are different than us, and we think it's hilarious. What is the difference between Republicans and Democrats? One's stupid, and one's not stupid. This land is your land. Top 100 things Republicans and Democrats said. No Obama. We cannot afford another four years like this. Yeah, where'd you hear that at? MSNBC. Why would we go back to the same economic principles that got us into this mess in the first place? Corporations can leverage their money better than the federal government ever can. Just because I don't support gay marriage doesn't mean I'm homophobic. Tolerance goes both ways. I'm sorry, are my constitutional rights getting in the way of your bigotry? What, are we gonna start letting people marry chairs next? Legitimate rape? You wanna take the money that I made and give it to people on uh, welfare? Nah. You know what that's called? That's called socialism. I bet you. If we ended welfare, the employment rate would be a little bit higher. 
bet you that right now. Oh, wait, probably winning. I didn't work hard to pay for somebody else's food stamp. Now you want me to pay for someone else's health coverage too? Yes. There are black Republicans. Abstinence is 100% effective. I don't care what anyone says. Tea Party is racist. Why would I want to make more money if you're just going to tax me on it and give it to other people? How are Republicans racist? We freed the slaves. There were weapons of mass destruction that we never found. I'm voting for Ron Paul. Socialism works great until you run out of someone else's money to spend. If you're going to come to this country, you need to learn English. Borrow money from your parents? Really? The unemployment rate is higher than Wiz Khalifa is right now. They have black Republicans? Man, I'm tired of all these ads. I wish someone would try to take my guns and my freedom. I'm not saying Republicans are dumb. I'm just saying every dumb person that I met has happened to be Republican. Who is Paul Ryan? I miss Bill Clinton. I bet Donald Trump is loving all this attention he's getting right now. It's all about job creation. Obama doesn't get that. He's never run a company, obviously. All children are gifts from God. Obama killed bin Laden. Redistribution of wealth. It has a name. It's called communism. You wanna hear a joke? Barack Obama. You want to cut taxes on the wealthy and then tell us how you're going to pay for it later? It's about personal responsibility. Trickle-down economics does not work. Government that governs least governs the best. You know, if you tax corporations, the less jobs there's going to be. You see what I'm saying? Al Gore beat Bush in the popular election. I found a couple of votes in my backyard the other day. Why do we even have the Electoral College still? Now you're going to see what real change is like. Who's leading in the polls now? Where'd you hear that? Fox News? This is all Bush's fault. Reagan was the best president of all time. If I could vote for Bill Clinton again, I would. We're screwed. This is our new segment where we talk to a real life Republican. <laughs> Why? Because Republicans are different than us and we think it's hilarious. <laughs> this actually isn't a new segment. It's an old segment. Oh, you're allowed to laugh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can laugh. This actually isn't a new segment. It's an old segment that we just renamed. It used to be called Julie's on her period and wants to yell at someone. But everything changed on November 3rd. No, Julie didn't stop getting her period. <laughs> actually, nothing changed and nothing will. But it's much easier to pretend to be open-minded now that we have a little bit of power back. That's right. And if we win the two Georgia Senate seats in January, Democrats are going to become the most obnoxiously fake open-minded people on the planet. But until then, Republicans are still the most obnoxious people. And goddamn, are they obnoxious. <laughs> A steady diet of Fox News and Facebook have turned half this country into a bunch of raving, ignorant, white nationalist assholes, and they're not even all white. Which is why eight former Republican operatives got together and founded the Lincoln Project, a political action committee dedicated to defeating Donald Trump and ending Trumpism. You know the Lincoln Project. They're the ones who made all those crazy over-the-top Ryan Murphy-esque attack ads that were all over social media. If you're not on social media, mom, I'm looking at you, immediately <laughs> Google the Lincoln Project best ads and get ready to laugh. Those motherfuckers are shady queens <laughs> and the ads are beyond savage. Our guest today is not one of the founders of the Lincoln Project, but he was one of their senior advisors literally until last week when he was mysteriously <laughs> removed from their website. We were probably just drunk and missed it, but clearly something sexy and Kardashian happened behind the scenes that we just don't know about. But we need to know about it immediately. Um, Of course we do, because unfortunately, even though he's a Republican, we are obsessed with this guy. <laughs> he's on every single show on MSNBC from dawn until the next dawn, literally. <laughs> and we are such thirsty Democrats that we get lost in his eyes and fall for his <laughs> smile every fucking time. It's like we're five years old and believe Ronald Reagan was handsome and cared if we did drugs. He wasn't and he didn't. It was all lies. And also, drugs are super fun. <laughs> right, but just say no or yes. So what you're saying is, even though this guy seems cool, 
we can't trust him. And even though we like him, we can't believe him. Our instincts don't matter. He was literally the head of the Republican Party, and he's still a Republican. His panty-dropping powers will not work on us. We are going to be mean to him. We are going to be mad at him. How dare he oppose civil unions and a woman's right to choose. It doesn't matter that he changed his mind. No one is allowed to grow. How dare he have perfect eyebrows and a perfect smile. We love him. We hate him. We have a lesbian crush on him. Please welcome to the floor... Michael Steele! Hi, Mr. Steele. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> oh, my God. That is the best <laughs> intro I have ever had. I mean, sorry to meet to you hell? the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're harassers. Yeah. Sorry about that. I, I like I like the way you harass. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm just getting I'm get, I'm getting a, a a lesbian love crunch. I love a lesbian so... supreme love crunch. <laughs> That's right. That is correct. Love it. I mean, has this anyone is... ever said that to you? No. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> okay. So, so oh. it says on Wikipedia, which we do read because we're nothing if not super basic bitches. That your sister used to be married to Mike Tyson. We need to know immediately, is Mike Tyson a repub? Uh, Mike Tyson is an independent. Uh, at least he was uh, <laughs> while he was married to my sister. It was probably <laughs> the safest thing to do. Um, I think Mike and uh, my sister is an independent. My, I think Mike was a, an independent at the time. I believe he was supportive of Biden in this election. But, you know, I tell you the thing about Mike, which was always fascinating for me, was... I'd have some of the best conversations with him about shit that you would never have a conversation with uh, a heavyweight boxer about. <laughs> you know, we we my first literal first conversation with him was on a cell phone in my sister's car when she introduced me to him. She thought it was safer to do it that way, and I haven't figured out <laughs> if it was safer for him or safer for me. But, <laughs> so I'm talking to him, and and of course, I you know I'm a little apprehensive. Um, but we, next thing I know, we were talking about the philosophies of the philosophy of Mao Zedong and the relative uh, impact it has on modern day politics. Whoa. This was, this was 1996, Whoa. 97. Yeah. You know, that guy is an enigma wow. and super interesting. And I just watched He is well read. He the, is uh, very well read. A lot of people see, you know, you get the brawn thing and, you know, he's got the, the funny little, you know, lisp thing at times, which is kind of funny and cute. Now, what's the deal with the Lincoln Project? You're going to give us the tea or what? No, there's no big, there was no really big, you know, like, oh my God, drama behind the scenes. Um, I'm under contract with MSNBC. I, I'm, in a pay, I'm a paid analyst uh, at the network. Um, and when I joined up with Lincoln Project, given uh, that it is a super PAC and it was involved in the campaign, um, we agreed. And as I approached them, they approached me and I you know, told them what was up, that uh, it would not be appropriate for them to pay me while I was still mm. uh, while I was involved with this project. Uh, I could still come on air and they would disclose to the public um, that uh, I was uh, working with Lincoln Project. And they did. Um, but when uh, the campaign was over, I told the Lincoln Project at the time that, you know, daddy's got to get paid. So got to, to go. go. Got to, to go. And we've been seeing you getting paid, honey. We have been seeing your ass getting straight paid. Okay. It's literally going back to work. I see. <laughs> back on the payroll. Yeah. Okay. So now that we're on the payroll, let's talk Republican shit. You're still okay. a Republican. Yes, I am. Okay. Sit. Why? Right. 
Yeah, <laughs> it was like, oh, okay, yeah. what do I? Okay, so here's, I'll say, let me give it, put it to you this way. You invite me to your home or. Go on. <laughs> someone brings me as a guest. Either way, I wind up in your home, right? Mm -hmm. And in the course of my being there, I uh, break your your family china. <laughs> I, I, I rip down your curtains. I write graffiti on your walls. I crap on your carpet. Oh. Do you leave or do you kick my ass out? Who are we kicking out? Are we kicking out Ted Cruz? Are we kicking out Mitch McConnell? You're, you're kicking out all the sons of bitches that, that, that walk away from the values, that walk away from the principles, that walk away from the things that we claim matter. We've preached to the world for 35 years, all right? And we talked about family values. We talked about these grand principles. We talked about these great partnerships with our allies. And literally, in the course of four years, we crapped over all of that. <laughs> the party wrote uh, an autopsy, which was oddly one of the most poorly named documents on the planet, but actually was rather prophetic in, in sort of giving you a sense of where the party was, right? And said in that autopsy that we, you know, we need to reach out to Hispanics. We need to grow the party. We need to do all these things, right, to become a 21st century governing majority. I just read that. That was right after Mitt Romney lost, right? Right. Okay. Ryan Priebus, my successor, had this idea, threw out all the shit I did, didn't even want to talk about what we had done over two years, over 18 months to grow the party, which we did. Threw all that out, wrote this autopsy after they got their ass kicked in 2012, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. and, and then four years later, Donald Trump comes down the escalator and shits all over it. <laughs> and no one says a damn thing about it. So for me... Rancid, ran hey, Rancid Pubes went ahead and went and worked for him, old Ryan. Ran and then go, right, exactly. <laughs> so, here, so for me, I'm sitting here going... Well, okay, y'all letting all this stuff go on in the house. No, 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 no. Someone's got to stand up and say, no, you need to get your ass out. And I think that's <laughs> going to be, that's the fight now. And it's going to be the fight starting literally the, the day Donald Trump leaves office. Okay. So it's speaking of family values, the party of individual liberties and all of yeah. this stuff. Okay. Right. Understood. At the same point, some of that stuff is Bullshit. hard well thank you so where does the no, you know, well where you, does the republican party go so 35 for 35 years it's the party of this it's the party of family values it's the party of blah, blah, blah. but a lot of that did hurt a lot of people so where do you go from now where you're like damn we do need to sort of reevaluate and reconstruct well, so what is it going to be about the republican party that will even be different from the democratic party and that's and that's and that is going to and, and there will always be a difference between the two parties uh, because of just how we starting with how we look at government. Right. I mean, I think government is a limited purpose entity. I think it's the smaller it is, the better it is. But that doesn't mean you, you know, eviscerate the safety net. It doesn't mean that the government should be there for those who who require the most help at that moment, et cetera. Right. But other than that, I don't need a government in my life. I, I'm, I'm perfectly good at taking care of my family, you know, hanging out with my friends. Doing, I don't need you to nickel and dime that. And as a good example of that, you remember back in, what was it, 2000, 2003, 2004. So Jeb is the mayor, uh, is the governor of Florida. 
President Bush is president, and the young woman who was brain dead uh, in Florida. Terry Schiavo. Terry Schiavo. <laughs> High five it. So, Terry Schiavo. So, so what did so what did Republicans <laughs> do in that situation? They went against everything we've ever said or stood for when we decided to inject the government into a, the decision between a, a husband and his wife who was unconscious and her family. We had no business there. So for a lot of conservatives like myself, we were like, whoa, whoa, time out. This is, bull this is not the space for us. The government has no role here. And so you, you begin, for me, you have to clearly delineate those lines. And when you stop doing that, it's a problem. So just real quick on the second point. For 30 plus years, we told our friends and family uh, across the country, particularly in the gay and lesbian community, right? Transgender community. He's looking directly at you. Who? He's looking at you while he's Weird. I'm looking, I'm looking yeah. at you. Um, who to love, how to love, mm -hmm. et cetera, right? Yes. Along comes Donald Trump, and you got all these evangelical wannabes all these preachers all of a sudden going, holding up this man who cheated on his wife while she was giving birth, right? Mm -hmm. Who has this view of women, which we know very clearly, has this, has this attitude about, you know, family, I mean, and how he treats his own children. And so all of a sudden now, these people who told us, well, you can't love this person, you can't do this, you should do that suddenly embracing someone who was the epitome or at the antithesis of everything they would speak about that to me that kind of hypocrisy is like you now how do you go back and reconcile that how do you go back around the corner and say oh my bad we were just kidding that's the question that is the question for sure so then what so in moving forward then is for what you're saying then you got Small government meaning everybody basically right. deserves the same legal protections under the Absolutely. Constitution and law that anyway. What about the, a woman's right to choose? Because that's where you de the, the whole like well, limited that, government. That, 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 let's just start with the fact that for what, 40 some years now, it's kind of settled law. Uh, I, I'm on the record <laughs> saying I do not believe the Supreme Court will overturn Roe versus Wade yeah. for a lot of reasons that a lot of my evangelical friends don't want to hear. Gross, um, I can't believe you have evangelical friends. <laughs> I mean, it comes I, with I, the territory, I'm sure. I, I run in many circles. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put it that. I that's why, that's why I make the big bucks. Let me ask you this, for real. What is it going to take to get religious people to the Democratic Party, I really want to know that. Is it is it just abortion? Well, you you no no no, it's not. And 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 you'd be surprised. There are a significant number of of religious people, uh, not necessarily evangelical. You have Catholics, you know, you have Presbyterians, you have all, you know, just a cross section of people. You know, for for a lot of those folks, unlike on the Republican side, that is not a dispositive issue for them to be a, a for example, a pro-life Democrat. And you've got Bob Casey, Senator from Pennsylvania, he's a pro-life Democrat. The problem I have with the Democrats on the issue of life is the same one I have with Republicans on the issue of life. <laughs> Both of you are wrong. <laughs> Okay. Go on. Yeah. Both of you are wrong. What's the because right? Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there is not a piece of legislation that you can write or prescribe that will require any individual, male or female, 
to behave in a way other than how they ultimately decide to behave. So Correct. if I want if I want That's right. to keep my child, I will keep my child. If I don't, I won't. That's right. Now, how do we know this? How do we know this? Because the Lord God Almighty <laughs> gave us 10 commandments. He didn't write a thousand page book of regulations and laws. It was 10, 10 little things on two tablets, right? And they were very specific. So that's why ever- I want to give Republicans. Um, I want to give up. I want to take that out. I want to become pro-life because who cares? People will do it illegally. Who cares? Well, just like drugs, just like Reagan. But, but so point, legal now. My, but my no. My point is. My point is the one thing that as as you know as a, as a Catholic and and my faith tradition and and how I was raised and how I've come to look at these things knowing. Um, a number of women in my life who've had to confront this issue. When I was in the seminary, I had the opportunity to uh, counsel, if you will, someone on this very subject. Um, and the reality of it, the reality for me is, and I realized in those in that very quiet moment, two very important things. One, this issue is all about listening. It is not about dictating terms. It is not about trying to create an outcome. So you have to start from that position because the individual in that situation, in the first instance, wants to talk it out, wants to be able to express the confusion, the frustration, the anger, the happiness, the jo- all of those emotions. So you've got to listen. And the second thing is at the end of the day, she's going to do whatever the hell she wants to do. She's going to act in her own best interest. And so the law, if she can, and this is what I'm getting to, the law has to, and this is why, this is where I come down on the issue of Roe versus Wade. I think it was a law that was prematurely decided by the Supreme Court, not for right or wrong. It just should have left it alone and let the states work through it. You would have probably had a, a, a hodgepodge, a patchwork of states, some saying it's okay. Like 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 states, drugs, like pot. Like, exactly, right. exactly. But and I like, think that Ruth Bader like, Ginsburg said that too. I think right. she has that opinion too, or she did. That And she was absolutely right. It was That's the one thing, if you go back in, it's a woman who was very much a pro-choice advocate and supporter and understood what Roe versus Wade was about. She would be the first to tell you it was a <laughs> premature, it came to the court too soon. Well, she was large and wasn't she big on like evolution? Yeah. She was big on evolution of law and and people's law never had the time, the chance to evolve in the states. Well, so that's and that's how (laughs) we wind up. That's how we wind up in this pitched battle over this issue. And the person who gets lost, in my view, is the woman. How do we get religious people to the Democratic Party? What what why aren't they there? What's stopping them? Well, they, they, well, they aren't there in, in many, in many reasons, for in many cases, for many reasons on this issue. All right. Okay. So let me give you an example of why it's a difficult issue. So I, I, and and Tom Perez, the chairman of the DNC, and I have known each other a long time. We're good buddies. I have always been not just a private but a public supporter and advocate for him. Um, for every appointment he's had, I've endorsed that import appointment um, and have taken a lot of crap for supporting a Democrat <laughs> who's being appointed to secretary of fill in the blank. But he's a good man. But when he came chairman, they did this pro- we did this program 
that was covered by C-SPAN, I believe. And we're on the panel, we're talking, and he's newly minted chairman. I'm the former chairman, and they thought it'd be kind of cute and fun to have the two of us talking about, you know, the state of play and uh, after the election, et cetera. And this was literally after, shortly after he became chairman. And in the course of that inter- of that discussion, he said that, in a nutshell, that pro-life people were not welcome inside the D- Democratic Party, that you had to take a pro-choice position. And I sat there and I folded my arms and I looked at him and I said, well, that's, that's interesting because you just told half the country don't even bother being a Democrat. <laughs> yeah. Regar- regardless of what they think about uh, the environment, healthcare, jobs, Wall Street, any of that, any of the rest of it, you've just told them on this one issue, don't even bother. And that's the problem with this discussion is that we, you know, look, my my approach to it has always been uh, to choose life. That doesn't mean you have to force someone to keep that child. What you try to do, what, what the Bible, I think, and what Christ specifically teaches us is to be an example. So be an example of why you should choose life. That means not just say you gotta have the baby, but then also make sure that there's a patchwork and a network of things that are available to help her, that family be supported. Because a lot of times this debate becomes, have the kids, see you later. Right. Well, it's and, so and young girls and rape and incest and, and, and all of that and stuff. All and... of these, exactly. Exactly. Julie. And all and all of these all of these situations um, are very tough situations, yeah. particularly when you get into the rape and incest area. You get into that space with a 13 or 14 young girl. It, it just you just there are no absolutes here. You just have to. I'm ready to give it up. I think I'm ready to give it up. I am. I'm a hundred thousand years old. I can't have kids. My shit is rotted. I want to give it up. I want to get all the people. I want to take them all in. I say, screw it. Let's make it illegal. People let's just do it. I'm telling, I think it's, I think I want to become fuck Tom Perez. I'm taking his job. I'm running, going to run the DNC and I'm going to be like, guess what? Everybody pro life. We win every election now. I mean, that's, that's it. But, but you're not, but the thing is, that, that's not how elections are won or lost in the country. And, and, and I think, I mean, no one, that was not a battle cry in this presidential. It wasn't a battle yeah. cry in the 18. Well, I think they, people is, would become Democrat. We would get still, more people still, to the party. Well, but you're, you're doing okay. You have a wonderful, you have, look, you're, you're, you're a third, you're, you have a third of the voters. You, you have 30, well, I do. We want of all of them. You're not going to get all of them. But don't you think that, I think that po- with pro, pro-life is in the same bucket, excuse me, in the same bucket as like um, a person who wants religious freedom or there's a religious aspect to it. And I don't, it's not to dog anyone that's religious. I think I don't judge any of that. But when right. you get into legislating someone, you know, be pro-life, be for life. No one's not for life. Uh, we just happen to take go down a different road of it. And also, yeah. when it comes to religious freedom, I think it's in the same bucket. Like, you, someone's hiding behind, but my religious beliefs tell me, A, pro-life, B, can't sell you a piece of cake, or whatever it is. And, well, and, and that's an interesting. No, that's an interesting point because I think this is where. And again, you know, for your audience to know, I again, very, I'm a very strong pro-life. This is my personal choice. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, <laughs> my, you know, my, you know, my own personal journey. 
I've never tried to impose it on anyone. I've always tried to talk it out with everyone, number one. But number two, this is where I think a lot of folks in my party get stuck. They're very quick to tell you that they should, they have the right to choose whether or not they own a firearm. Oh, I mean, and have but the death penalty and they, yeah, 100%. But they, they, but they don't recognize your right to make a different choice for yourself in terms of whether it's life or something else. Right. And so that's that's what, what has happened when you introduce politics and religion in the same bucket. This is the bullshit that you get. And it, it becomes a conflated nightmare <laughs> where everyone becomes self-righteous assholes. Agreed. Dictating the terms on which you live your life. Now, to its founding roots, the Republican Party has always had two strings that drove it. One was liberty and the other was libertarian. It was all about this sense of freedom and that we would have that, again, going back to government and all these other things, have no space to tell you how to live your life. So that's when you look at the Republicans up to probably 1980, right? What you saw were Republicans who were, they would give you hell on, on finances and government spending but on the social stuff, they they were largely innocuous in the war. You know, they, they weren't out there, you know, the civil rights, yes, because that was about what? Liberty, mm -hmm. right? All right, so when you move off of those things into a space where decisions are made at the granular level in a very personal way by individuals, you have to tread carefully if you have to tread there at all. And I don't believe that there, there are many circumstances in which you, either one of you get to tell me how to live my life, and I don't care what role you play in society, right? But we're now in that space. And yeah. so the question becomes, how do we extract ourselves? Look, I firmly believe, going back again to the topic of abortion, I know we didn't want this to be an, abor an abortion discussion. I definitely It's didn't. an abortion palooza show. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> but if you start from the notion that everyone's going to have one, mm -hmm. then, which is just wrong, because... <laughs> I mean, Right now, we've seen we've seen it, it. We've seen the truth of where we are on this issue. Um, it is it is decreased significantly. Sorry about that. Hello, it Mike is, Tyson. Are you but, getting a sexy text right now? I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know from I'll Mike Tyson. You, <laughs> I'll let you know if there are any really good ones. Okay. Um, oh, hot mama one two three. Hot mama. Um, but these but these but these issues like this are, are such that they they we don't come together around them. We we drive ourselves apart, and yeah. we don't actually try to work to a space where we recognize the very delicate balance between your behavior and and what the society expects. Um, and that is a very delicate uh, balance, and it's something going back to the the biblical text yep. uh, that that you know Christ Himself dealt with the woman who was brought to him to be stoned for adultery, he could very easily have condemned because the law prescribed it. 
Yo, he knew right? he wasn't going to be doing that. <laughs> but he knew he right. You can't be all right. hypocritical. Come on, even right, the biblical right, right. And, But he wasn't. That wasn't. That wasn't what it was about. The, that wasn't what the mission was about. And that's. And, and he tried to. He tried to draw that separation in the ultimate test. So, whose head is on this coin, Caesar? So, are you saying we shouldn't pay taxes? No. Give to Caesar what is Caesar. Give to God what is God. That was the clear line. And that's kind of been the line that I've used in my public and personal life. Um, and I think we, we're yeah. right with you with that, for Be sure. Before we, we let you go. Um, I gotta go? <laughs> I wanna know what you think about Fox News, because Fox News is a, obviously a rotted piece of trash. <laughs> yeah. They ruined Republicans, don't you think? I well, I worked at Fox for two years. Um, I was a, an analyst at Fox uh, after uh, I left uh, the my public service as Lieutenant Governor of Maryland. I was there for two years. Um, and so it was a very different place than it is today, for sure. Yeah, there, there have been some really cold, cruel at times calculations made about how they would deliver the news. Mm. And in fact, it wasn't really worth delivering the news as opposed to just delivering propaganda. And I've never understood um, why Roger Ailes wanted to go down that particular road, particularly given the fact that he, he came out of MSNBC. Um, he came out of a very different space. Um, but you realize it was about, hey, the Benjamins, I could, monet I could monetize emotion. So I can monetize your fears. I can monetize your hatreds. I can monetize your anger. Um, and you see that now when I listen to guys like Tucker Carlson, I, you know, I just, I just sit there and go, you wet piece of shit. And, yeah. and, and it's just, it's just, and that, that would be the equivalent of, of, you know, kind of having a laxative, but anyway, um, <laughs> Yeah, they they have they have done I think a lot of damage to the discourse. And here's yeah. the funny ironic part. <laughs> Here we are 4 years later and the guy that they prompt propped up, the guy that they promoted, the guy that they shilled for every day, 24 hours a day. He's now beating the shit out of them saying, "Yeah, don't go to Fox. Go to own. Oh, go yeah. to this thing." Why? Because he's now going to go off and start his own right. media thing. Right. right. And he wants to take that audience. He doesn't care about Fox. <laughs> it was a tool that was used. They got played and punked for four years. Everybody on that set, on those sets, sat there and just said the most inane, dumbass <laughs> stuff in agreeing with Donald Trump. They would call him up he would come on the air for what was supposed to be a five minute yep. interview and it would go for an hour <laughs> right yeah it's and they insane do all this stuff and here they are now four years later and that mofo sitting there going see ya thanks yeah. thanks uh, for the memories i need to ask this okay question. okay uh, ask it and then we have to let him go okay. because he needs to make go make his coins <laughs> okay I, I i've got a, i carved up some extra time because i know be hanging there with the ladies <laughs> Ladies. God, I love when oh, someone he, calls me yeah, a lady. Yeah, you called me a lady. Yeah, Thank a you. Lady. I get called sir every second of the day. So to be called a lady, I'm like, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> now, in our opinion, there are so many disgusting, worthless Republicans in Congress right now. Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Devin Nunes, Matt Gates, Doug Collins, Jim Jordan. You know these guys are douchebags. 
So we need to know which ones, if any, do you like? And we need to know who you think the most embarrassing Republican <laughs> is right now. Go. <laughs> So y'all really want to mess my shit up, don't you? <laughs> I mean, just um, Matt Gates alone. Let's just talk about him. You can't. There's got to be no loyalty to that guy. There can't no, be. Nothing redeeming there. Yeah. Thank um, you. Thank you. No, look, I, I, we know who the players are. Disappointing, Lindsey Gates. Uh, for do you sure. do you like Mitch McConnell? I do. I do like, and I actually I like I like Lindsey too. I, I think that's really the, the the frustrating thing for me is. I know these guys don't believe 99% of the shit that they've been shilling for the last four years. Mm. And you know how you know that? Listen to what they said in the Republican primary and even when after he got the nomination. That's how they really feel about this guy. You, you know, you don't, you don't you know, say that about the nominee of the party unless you really feel that way about the nominee of the party, right? So to all of a sudden make the 180 and kind of start driving down the golf course with Donald Trump, to me is is not just the height of hypocrisy, it's just disappointing. You, you remember, you know, hello baby I know, how you remember, you were the, like, He's the most embarrassing Republican. My, my phone and the dog, right? You, when, I, when I look at Lindsay, that's what I just, just the disappointment. So these guys are doing, they're doing what they think they need to do to survive in the land of Trump. What I, what I contend is the thing you're doing is not one of survival. It is actually killing you. It is sucking away your credibility. It is sucking away your viability. And it is, it is diminishing whatever form or degree of leadership you think you have. Because after Trump is gone and he wipes your ass off the bottom of his shoe, he will have nothing to do with you except tweet about you or tweet at you if you dare to raise up and try to be a leader again. That's where we are. Michael Steele, shout out to Kate for tricking you into doing this podcast, first of all. Please, please, thank you. Tell our 14 listeners where they control you. I think you've got a few more than 14. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like you can find me on Twitter at Michael Steele, which mm -hmm. is always kind of fun hangout. Um, <laughs> you can check out the website, the Michael Steele, uh, Michael Steele Network.com, mm -hmm. www.michaelsteelnetwork.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, MSNBC, I, I'm usually there. You're oh, there. you're there. You are there. <laughs> and we've got there. that on 24 hours, <laughs> and you are there. You are there. Late nights with Ari, which is always a lot of fun. I, I missed that already. Yeah. Oh, yours, so. yours was the first after the Giuliani uh, hair dye incident. Oh yours God. was the first I saw and I said, this mother. I was like, he's on it. He is on did, it. Did you the hair dye? I, I'm sorry. Oh I, 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 yeah. I don't know. I have peaked. I don't know. How, I don't even know. I don't even understand. Why are you even dying it? Why are you even dying it? What are you even pretending? Let it go. Let it Just shave it off. Know? Look, I gave up on that a long time ago. <laughs> Just let it work itself. Yeah, well, let it work itself. I don't even understand. I so, don't understand. I don't, I don't understand. That was then grotesque. It was, then it was coming down one side. Yes, then it the other side. side. Yep. Well, no, but did you see, did you see before he got up to speak? Did, oh, you missed the good juicy part. No. So before they called him up to speak, he was standing there on the side, right? Actually, it was after he spoke, I think, because he was, he was already sweating. 
and mm -hmm. he um, was standing there, and so he wiped one side. Oh no! And then he blew his nose. No, <laughs> oh, come on! No, and you know the part where when you blow your nose, you typically fold that part. No, in. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. Okay. I don't want to hear. You fold that part in. He folded it outward. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it gets better, ladies. He then wiped the other side of his face with it. With a Kleenex. Touchdown. <laughs> oh, Touchdown. I have to go kill the dog. I have to go kill the dog. Michael Steele, we we ho we hope that you won't ignore us when we contact you after Biden is president, and we're gonna get back to real life, and we'd I, love I, to have I, your. Look. All I can say, I've had the most fun I've had in months. I thank you both thank you. for the conversation. I look forward to coming back on and just shooting the shit with you about anything. Oh, thank um, you. Well, we would love I to have you back. It's very relaxed, very comfortable. <laughs> good, and, good, um, good. No, it's, it's great. I love good conversations. So, so not afraid we. to talk about anything, as you could probably tell. <laughs> Which is why we absolutely love you and respect you. And we yes. really do watch and we've learned so much from you. And it's really just been great for us, you know, we want all sides. We want, yeah. and we want everyone we to it. grow. You know, yeah. everyone on every side needs to grow and evolve and come together. So thank you very much. Thank you. So you did record this, right? <laughs> I just. Oh! <laughs> I just Hold on. <laughs> now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of our piece of shit president who still has not conceded, the diarrhea toilet Republicans who are acting like it's all fine, and the corona crazy culture war that Fox News is responsible for. She hates doing it, and even though we supposedly won the fucking election and just got Kamala Harris in the White House, and she's the so there's that for the next motherfucking decade, it's going to be a long and grinding two months waiting for Trump to actually leave. So we still need Julie to find the small rays of light shining through each pile of shit that Trump and his followers leave in their wake. So tell us, Meow Meow, is Don Jr. getting corona? You're so there's that for this week? No, because he won't die. If he dies, I'll definitely use it as a so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what do we got here? Is this going to be... It's going to be underwhelming and possibly not really a so there's that, but it's something that I found to be important and it got me excited. Okay, good. So there's that. So, <laughs> so other than enjoying the thought of Don Jr. writhing around in karmic pain and the thought of Kamala Harris squashing every single thing Mitch McConnell wants to do for the next four years before he drops dead of whatever skin eating disease he has. I know we're all trepidatiously slow clapping for the new Biden administration and feel like we're in a holiday season holding pattern. Well, while you're zooming with your family in your underwear, may I float this by you? You may. Thank you. I'm just going to read this. This is the headline. Lift every voice, the urgency of universal voting. A report put out by the Brookings Institute. I tried to get someone from there on the podcast and got denied yes, and we <laughs> rejected and voted. Yeah, yeah. They definitely hate us. However, I do like this report. Okay. And the report does. <laughs> they hate us, but we like this report. That's right. Now, as we're sitting in the cesspool of Trump and their voter fraud, absolute garbage, I stumbled upon this and I have to say it's just coming full circle. It's just coming full circle. Now, I know we have a lot of things to deal with. Systemic racism, systemic police brutality, systemic sexism, systemic 
Systemicism. (laughs) You know what I mean? Systemic voter suppression. And I think about all of that stuff every day now. But the voting shit, I can't stop thinking about. It really bothers me that 70 million people voted for Trump this election. That more people came out for this election than ever before. But more that meant more people voted for Trump and the Republican Party than ever before. And it makes me fucking sick. The fact that this country feels that half of it are white supremacist self-serving paint lickers who think paint is candy. And with all due, that pro-choice means you're against life. Meanwhile, there isn't enough room on the living room wall for the amount of death heads they compile, and no one ain't going to be taking away your goddamn rat to guns, which exists to kill people. Seems that the right to life is only if that life is white and Christian and traditionally speaking male. Well, here's the sad and possibly good news of it. Between 50 and 60% of this country this election voted. That's it. Okay. Okay. Now, I can't sleep at night feeling like half of the country is apparently in a cult. Meanwhile, almost half the country didn't even vote. So imagine if we got 90% of the country to vote. Fine, 10% are criminals or we can't find or they're just not going to vote. That's just going to happen anyway. It's just going to happen just like it's just going to happen. Fine. But let's say we got 90% of this country to vote. What would happen? Well, luckily, there's a lot of people who feel voting needs to be like jury duty. You have to do it because now it isn't. It's just your right. Imagine if you didn't vote, you got a fine or you got fucking 50,000 postcards in the mail saying that we know you haven't (laughs) voted. Get your fucking ass out to vote. Well, the Brookings Institute is leading this charge. Guess who has had compulsory voting since 1924? Hey, guys, how are you? Shut the front door. That's right, Australia. (laughs) That's right. They all have to vote. And because you have to vote, they made it easy. Voter registration can be completed online. Election day is on a Saturday and voters can vote at whatever polling site in their state or territory they choose. Not to mention it's such a thing in Australia with voting that they like have little celebrations after and Australians are known to buy a celebratory sausage affectionately known as a democracy sausage. Okay. Democracy sausage. <laughs> democracy sausage. Now, of course, there's going to be pushback and propaganda with things such as, but my individual freedom, smaller government, don't tell me I have to vote. (sighs) Meanwhile, we're required as a matter of civic duty to serve on juries. And there was a time when women and black people were not allowed on a jury. And now you have to do it. Why do we want everyone to be on a jury so it's not just white men there so that we're all represented? That's why. Do you and do something, you fucking lazy ass piece of shit. Not every <laughs> single thing is smaller, or bigger government. Go do something for someone else. That exactly fucking right. Do you want representation? Do you want to even see someone like you in government? Then you have to vote, period. When we have turnouts of 50 or 60 percent, you're not really getting the consent of all of the people. That isn't the 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 grand experiment, the forefathers of all. <laughs> And quite frankly, I'm sick of the non-voters and their complaining. And if you don't vote, you need to just shut your trap. And I guess suffer with whatever the consequences are. Also making voting mandatory would remove the barriers to voting, making it easier for people to vote, making voting suppression almost impossible. Donald Trump has showed a lot, but what we've taken away, if anything, is how absolutely corrupt the voting system can be from gerrymandering to the bullshit the Republicans are pulling right now. I'm excited about like pushing for voting to be mandatory for every American, making election day a federal holiday. Let people take off from work. Make it on the weekend. Christmas is a fucking holiday in this country and voting isn't? What the f- actual fuck? 
It's time to face serious facts here and make some serious changes. We're forced to pay taxes, have a driver's license, do a myriad of things that are about the safety of the community, the individual, and the process. And I am all for it. I am living for the Brookings Institute vision here, and I hope you'll consider it, and let's start figuring out how we can make this a reality. Just imagine Election Day can be like July 4th. An overinflated, bloated day for corporations and individuals to find ways to sell American bullshit to people, make a reason to stick a wiener in some bread, take the day off from work, virtue signal, brag all over social media, and throw our money down the toilet celebrating our freedom. So there's that. So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. Thank you guys for listening. We love you all so much and we're so grateful for all 14 of you, especially now. Please consider joining our Patreon podcast if you haven't yet. It's $1 for one podcast a week and $2 for two podcasts a week. They're both an hour and they can definitely be hit or miss as far as content, especially here lately. Wow. (laughs) Wow. But there's no ads, no politics, and no pressure to join the Patreon. Listen, as life gets crazy and messy, so do our Patreon podcast. And we are so unstable right now that you never know what the fuck you're going to get. But hey, you might find it soothing to listen to something with no structure or consistency. Or if nothing else, you'll be distracted from your own life thinking about how annoying and insufferable and tone deaf we are. If you want to try it out, we have a free episode for you to listen to so you don't have to subscribe before you know if you're even going to like it. Just go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and scroll all the way down the podcast until you get to the episode from September 11th, 2019. That episode is unlocked and free. All you have to do is press the play button. Also, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please. We just saved the end of the podcast for begging for shit. Leave us a review if you haven't yet. We need it to look like we have more than 14 listeners when we are trying to book guests. Like, for example, the Brookings Institute. It is so hard to get the baller politicians on this podcast. We need you guys to help us. Literally, all you have to do is press the star button. You don't even have to write anything. But if you do write something, we'll probably read it on the podcast. Yes, like this one from Carrie Pope. The only thing getting me through 2020, five stars. I'm ashamed it's taken me this long to write a review, but that's mostly because I didn't know how. Thanks, Google. Anyway, this podcast got me through four years of Trump, one job loss, the death of my brother, and a global pandemic. Basically, Brandy and Julie have solved all my problems. Lard bless. Carrie Pope is a longtime member of our Patreon family. She paid money to fly from North Carolina to D.C. to see our live podcast, Mm. and then we partied with her all night. So at this point, that makes her our actual friend. Don't you love when you shame your friends into doing shit and they actually do it? It feels so good. Thank you so much. We love you, Carrie. What I don't love is the review from Hetero Mary, who needed to title it, What? And then the review part just says, Ugh, these two. (laughs) I mean, they did give us five stars so i'm not clear because it doesn't say "ugh." it says u-u-g-g so the the title says what and then the review part says ugh these two or they could mean uh these two or uh these two i maybe is it not could it is there any world where it's not negative uh not for me right now not for me right now (laughs) no because i think it would, would be like 
it would be, oh, these two with a heart, maybe, or <laughs> I uh, heart these two, uh, or whatever. These you know, like, two. Oh, these two. Yeah, maybe. No. Why I'm five not stars so. then? I don't know. It's confusing. Hetero Mary, you need to like go on there and be like, if that's good or if that's, that's bad. That's not the first time that that's happened. A lot of times people will talk some serious shit and leave five stars. And then sometimes people will say something that's okay, kind of positive, and then just do three stars. And I'm like, okay. But. I don't even care. <sighs> Hetero Mary, whoever you are, you still gave us five stars and every vote counts, meow, meow. It's all just a fucking numbers game, okay? And if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, good for you. We despise those star fucking tax avoiding sweatshop loving douchebags. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. <gasps> and, and Michael, Michael Steele. Steel. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man. By the light of day But by night I'm one hell of a lover I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme And maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty groovy Want something visual that's not too abysmal. We could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you... Stay for the night. night. Or maybe a bite. Night. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. A sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab And see what's on the slab I see you shiver with anticipation but maybe the rain is really to blame. 
so I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs> <laughs> 